Now, The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin. And a good Thursday afternoon to you, and yes, it is time for The McFarlane Show on this rainy, icky Thursday. Hope everybody's having a good day. Staying dry. Darren and Justin here live in the Strikers Bear Family Fun Center studio for the next two hours. Alongside for the ride is DJ Damon back in the saddle. Yes, he is. Yeah, I guess he was out shopping yesterday. He came in with his Keen shirt on. So He's a king. Damon King. Couldn't wait. To, no, no jacket today. Usually he's layered up. He's got like five layers of jackets. and He may have something somewhere. But today yeah. he seems to have a Keen shirt on and... He's shed all the layers. Feeling good about himself. Yeah, he wants everybody to see the Keen shirt. Feeling good about himself. Nothing wrong with that. When you call today, the show, he may answer it. Keen Studios. (laughs) That'd be pretty funny, actually. (laughs) Be pretty good. (laughs) We got a loaded show for you. Uh, Justin Mello from NML Draft Draft Network is uh, going to join us. So we're going to get into some talk about the Titans and the draft. Um combine's just around the corner we'll do that with justin in the second hour of the program we're gonna talk uh with george blaster who yeah there's a lot of people that just said that <laughs> just so you know that's how nashville has changed well yeah you would have to be brand new <laughs> no. not to know the legendary name of george blaster but somebody did and i guarantee you who's listening like huh who's that well he's uh someone who's been uh doing sports talk radio in this town for a long, long time. Long time. And almost as long as anybody. There's a couple people who predate him, but not too many. Almost as long as anybody else. Uh, I would say Bill King is Bill King is, is in is, that category. Bill King is probably the one. They share but, the same zip code. Sports talk zip code. Yeah, for sure. Right? Oh, for sure. Because Duncan's not here no. anymore, uh, in town. So Duncan Stewart would have been in that group. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, yeah, you got yeah. it. That's you know it. what I mean? That's, That's it. Just... That's it. So he's pretty rare air. Yeah. Of course, used to be the voice of the, the Vanderbilt Commodores. And went to school there. Is very uh, tied into the program. Vanderbilt fell last night to Georgia. A game, uh, by the way, the, the, the three games that we talked about highlighted yesterday, the SEC games, the Alabama-Florida game was fantastic. The mm. Kentucky-LSU game was fantastic. They were awesome games. What Back and were, forth. Yeah, if you were a college basketball fan, man. Yeah, down to the water. They were exciting. OT way, for Florida and Bama. OT for that game. Yeah. Um, Kentucky loses on a buzzer beater. Mm. It was a, man, mm. that Dillingham is fun to watch, mm. man, for them. He had two points at half, and he just came in and second half and just started lighting up LSU. Owned this but, place. But Kentucky was, you know, kind of playing catch-up. They just, and then they finally took the lead, and... LSU gets the the buzzer beater to beat them. So, and then the other game was you know Vanderbilt hosting Georgia, and that unfortunately for Vanderbilt was not a game. Justin, no, um, no. Georgia was in control the whole game, and it just doesn't look good. Jerry Stackhouse, you know, you 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 mm-hmm. and I have been doing this a long time, and when the coach starts getting asked the questions in post game press conferences, mm-hmm. it usually means the walls are closing in. Normally, it's not a good thing uh, when the coaches ask about job security uh, and about his plans for the future that may not include the basketball team. And we have now reached that level with Jerry Stackhouse now, where he's starting to get 
the uh, the questions because I think uh, people are starting to see the smoke um, and starting to read the smoke signals in the air uh, that things could be coming to an end over on West End for Jerry Stackhouse, which again, no tears. Jerry Stackhouse has made tens of millions of dollars in the NBA as a basketball player and will go on and be just fine if something happens to him over at Vanderbilt. Uh, but certainly it's uncomfortable uh, when things like this start to happen and uh, the losing continues down the stretch. Here's a little bit of his uh, presser last night after the loss to Georgia. And so we've been doing a lot of good things, trying to trend in the right direction. And, and I know it's a lot of noise out there, a lot of things. But, you know, I, one thing I can say, um, no weapons formed against me shall prosper. You know what I'm saying? Because I got faith with the man upstairs that he, that, that he put me in this position for a reason. And everything that I'm going through right now, um, you know, with this team and off the court, it's ordained. And it's stuff that's going to make me better, and I really feel about that. Um, you, know, I'm, you know, I hate that, you know, some of the narrative that keeps coming back, you know, deals with, you know, a tweet or something from, you know, 21. I mean, I, if I could take it back, I wish I would. But at that point in time, that's how I felt, and that's how I addressed it. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's, you know, there was 12 disciples, right? And there's only one of them was a Judas. There's a lot of people pulling for me, and there's a lot of people pulling for our team. And, I'm, and I just try to think about those people and, and make sure that I continue to, to do my job and focus on, on these guys and helping them get better, and then I'll live with the result from there. I've got, I've got one question about that. And listen, there's a lot there. Um, but, but my question is this. Are there people who are cheering for Jerry Stackhouse to fail? Are, were there people when he got here that thought, this is bad, no. and I want Jerry Stackhouse to fail? Not in my opinion. So Because I didn't get that sense, but I was like, maybe it I was out talk, here. I didn't talk to those people. And I just didn't know. Because from that from that sentence there, it makes it sound like there are people who, you know, were out to get him, essentially. And I think there are people who are unhappy with the results now at this particular juncture. But I'm not sure that was the case from, from early on where you had people, you know, out to get you and, you know, were, were conspiring against you in this basketball program. I never got that sense. I got the sense that everybody wanted Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt basketball, especially in this city, to succeed. Now, there are there people who are not fans right now? Yes, but that's largely based on the results on the court, especially this year. And to be honest, he got snubbed a little bit last year, and there were things he could have done last year in the early games that would have prevented that but didn't happen. So there are people who are upset at the committee and people who are upset with Jerry Sackhouse with some of the early losses last year that left them without an invitation to the big dance last year. But I, I just, you know... There's a lot of people pulling for Vanderbilt and a lot of people pulling for them. Yes, yes, but the insinuation that, you know, the, there's always a Judas. Well, who is trying to portray you, bro? This is, you know, the, the scoreboard, if anything, has been the biggest portrayer. <laughs> so I just, you know, the results are the, what the results are. I didn't know that he was as spiritual as he, he sounded just then. Well, you know. Yeah. Who knows I mean, about that? Listen, I'm not gonna. What I'm not gonna do is question. Isn't it amazing how that can bring out bro, like Damon? Don't do that. I, what I'm not <laughs> gonna do is question his source of strength no, no, in this no, time I'm in which he's going that. through something. So if he wants to quote scripture, that that's yeah. fine with me. And that's true. 
I, I think what stands out to me, because there's there's several layers in my mind. One, I, I think the problem that I've had with Coach Stackhouse in this whole when things in the rough times, in the choppy waters, yeah, it does seem like he likes to deflect a lot. He he doesn't seem to want to take ownership. Like you know, when he talks about teams are just way better than him, or or the, way better than his team and and programs. We're yeah. yeah, we're losing yeah. the you know we're losing his and this and that and a lot of you know he I, even by the way it wasn't in that clip, but he talked about our net and. I've heard people talking more about the net. Well, it's like, well, Jerry, like, get with the times, man. This is what committees do. They look at net, and they look at rankings and Kempom, and they do all these formulations and analytics and oh, all this stuff, right? And he's yeah. just like, basically, well, I don't, I don't remember anybody talking about that before. And it's like, yeah, no, Jerry, they were, they were talking about that before. I, I think it comes off to me a lot of look over here and not here, and it's like. That that's not going to win you over with anybody. It's just not. Like at some point, you got to take ownership, man. You're the head coach. Well, why are they leaving? Well, why is it your team? Why is there a huge gap between you and somebody else? Yeah. Why isn't anybody showing up? By the way, is does it sound like he's self reflecting on some of the things he's done on social media? Maybe uh, regrets. Uh, uh, yes. It, he said himself, if he could take it back, he would. Oh, so so that so we're talk, we're thinking about that now. We're thinking about the way he's well, acted on social media. I think he's thinking about it because people brought again, it up to him, though. right? Again, yeah. things he did. Yeah, nobody forced him to do that. No, nobody. One, everybody knows. Like if you can't handle AJ Brown, my biggest problem with him right now is. Bro, if you can't handle social media, get off of social media. Well, it comes with the territory. Here's the thing, though, Darren. He thinks he is handling social media by doing what he's doing. I, this is his way of handling it. I understand. Kevin Durant thinks the same thing. I get it, and it's not, as we know. <laughs> but you're right. They do. Like, I am handling it. This is handling I'm handling them. my this business. Is handling it. And it's like, no, actually, you're digging the hole deeper. You can't win. You cannot win in these situations. That's why... When those things, when those situations arise, luckily it doesn't happen much with me. But when it does, I just walk away. I'm like, yeah, no, man, I'm not interested in this because this back and forth has no resolution. It has no solution at all because you have no interest in having a, a you know, a civil conversation, a realistic conversation, or what have you. You, you're just interested in this, and we'll never get on the same path. So I, I'm out. Peace out. Good yeah. luck to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not going to keep going back and forth. No, and makes block, sense. Blocking and all that stuff. I don't block. Like, I ain't get to that point, man. I'm out. Okay? <laughs> if we if we can't have a good conversation, and we can agree to disagree, and it's cool. But if when I realize, you know, you've got other motives, I'm out. Good luck to you. Go after somebody else. I'm not going to waste my time on you. So, you know, again... Zach, you did that, man. You chose as the head coach yeah. at Vanderbilt, as a Division One head coach in the SEC, who's very famous to block people on social media and to go after people and refute. And like you chose the back and forth. He did. So again, that's on you, man. Most coach. Hey, this just in. It's not just you. Like every coach who's having rough times, 
and losing, it all happens if they're on social media. Guess what they have to do? Not pay attention or don't be on social media. That's what social media is. Like, wow. what are you, you're not escaping that. There's nothing wrong with being, on, if, especially in his job. There's nothing wrong with being on social media. Well, you have to, to yeah, try to get to through try these and kids, recruit, recruit and, you know, and do all the things. So there's nothing wrong with being on social media. What is wrong is the way that you approach it. Again, unless this is the persona that you want to put forward. Unless this is all part of your marketing or the way you market yourself or the way you're trying to entice people to come play for you. And, you know, some people like that, you know, dog attitude that you can have sometimes with this kind of thing. So if that was part of what you're doing, um, then, you know, this is this is it. You know, so, you know, but but again, if not, if you realize that you've made an error and that you should not be, you know, going back and forth with the fans like this, um, has he stopped? In, in recent months or weeks or years, I don't know. I'm not following him like that on social media where I'm keeping up with whatever Jerry Sackhouse is doing on social media. But to my knowledge, I haven't heard of any dust-ups recently between him and fans. So maybe he's realized this is not the way to deal with this. And if he's realized this is not the way to deal with this, then, you know, he can apologize, which I think is what he's trying to do for it. And uh, and then we can move on from there. But, you know, it's 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 one of those situations where it's getting rough. And the questions are going to keep coming. And if they continue to fade, it's going to get more and more uncomfortable. And we may hear more and more, you know, scriptures or sources of strength trying to come out from Jerry Stackhouse, who's a proud individual. And again, I cannot emphasize that enough. And we do this sometimes, especially in the NFL, we do this. We forget who these guys are. And, you know, we do it all the time. When Mike Vrabel used to you know, gristle up at people. Well, we forget Mike Vrabel was a NFL linebacker for 13 years. You know, so you have to have a certain mentality when you do that, the way he did that. Jerry Stackhouse was not a scrub. <laughs> Jerry Stackhouse was a big-time college basketball player at a big-time university. Played 20 years in the NBA. You And I know the NBA is not what you... You can't be in the NBA for 20... Not for 20 years... As, as a nobody, you know, he was a big-time NBA basketball player. So he's going to have a lot of pride. And when you, when you poke him, you know, this is what's going to happen sometime. And it's just part of what has made him successful. And, Darren, we've talked about this a number of times. A lot of times what makes people successful is the same thing that can make people look a little silly at times because you can't take one without the other. You have to take the good with the bad with the competitors sometimes, and Jerry Sackhouse is a competitor, and this may just not be his sport right now, at least not in this role. Yeah, good stuff. All right, we'll come back. Justin Mello. Talk a little draft, a little Titans with him. Draft Network, we'll do that next. You're on the McFarland Show, WNSR. You enjoy the thrill of gambling, but what happens when it becomes a problem? Whether you want to cut back or quit gambling altogether, the Gambling Clinic has been helping people change their gambling for over two decades. We're here to help, not to judge. The Gambling Clinic is a Tennessee-based clinic offering in-person and telehealth support to help people win back their life. Visit us at thegamblingclinic.com. This project is funded by the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. We all hear the radio ads about the IRS. They tell you to be afraid, to be scared, and they try to frighten you into calling. 
I'm not here to do that. Tax Relief Advocates is different. TRA is here to tell you that if you owe money to the IRS, whether it's $5,000, $50,000, or $500,000, we have a solution. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your car, at work, or with your kids. No matter where you are, call now. 800-617-0239. Don't lose hope. TRA can eliminate or reduce what you owe to the IRS. There is zero risk to you. If we can't reduce your tax debt, then you pay nothing. Our passion is taxes and helping individuals fix their IRS problems. We have a five-star rating on Google and Yelp and an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. You don't need to be afraid of the IRS any longer. End your tax nightmare today by visiting us online at tra.com or call 800-617-0239. That's 800-617-0239. Tax Relief Advocates, real solutions for real people. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzy, Rizemkism of Rizza, a prescription-only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzy, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to SkyRizzy, there's nothing on my skin, and that means everything. your doctor today about Sky Rizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZY to learn more. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. It's a Bill King Show. We created a rule decades ago on the show. Weddings, things of that nature, during the playing portion, do not get consideration. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Weddings are meant for the spring. They do not get consideration during the playing portion of the season. That's just the way we work it around here. That's the way we play it around here. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. You're listening to The McFarland Show live on WNSR Nashville Sports Radio. It's true. We're indoors today. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. We're live in the Strikers Bear Family Fun Center studio. Careful out there. It's kind of a icky day. Darren and Justin here with you. We're going to bring in another Justin to the show. Justin Mello joins us. At Justin M underscore NFL on Twitter or X, however you call it these days. He's with the Draft Network, and he now joins us. Justin, how we doing? Doing well. Uh, here in the nitty-gritty, right? Combine just a week away. Draft getting You're closer and closer and uh, really uh, knee-deep in it now. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. It is interesting to see how the Combine has changed so much over the years to where it is now this gigantic spectacle um, that, you know, is, is just, I mean, it's, it's broadcast out there. It's heavily covered. 
And uh, it's not just kind of like this little private party for the teams and select, you know, few media like it used to be. Now it is a production and fans. And so um, there, there we everybody's had a lot of theories over the years. And, and I, I'll just start with this. I'll be a little bit more on the generic side and then I'll get more honed in and a little bit more specific. If you could change one thing, you as someone who's covering these prospects and, you know, who's going to get drafted to the next level and how they're going to compute to the next level. If you were to make a tweak to the combine, what would Justin Mello do? Well, look, I get it from a business perspective. I'm going to talk uh, from, you know, an analytical standpoint. I'm not, I'm not in it to make money, right, in terms of the combine. And I thought when they moved a lot of the drills to prime time, you know, that, that ended up making for really long days, right? Guys were running mm-hmm. a 40-yard dash at 7 p.m., 8 p.m. I heard from agents, you know, throughout that process that they're still doing team meetings at 11 p.m. You're running past midnight in some situations, and they've been up since, you know, 5, 6 in the morning. So I, I feel like the production value of it, it's, got, it's become a bit more of a spectacle than may be necessary but, hey, money talks, right? It's all about the bottom line at the end of the day, and it's certainly, uh, you know, making it the production that they've made it in recent years has certainly helped uh, increase the revenue brought in uh, from the event. I'd like to see them run in pads because that's realistic. What about, right. I mean, let's the, say you. The underwear Olympics, right? Yes, right. We've, you, we've come to know that term over the years, which it's true. Uh, you're, you're just doing stuff you're never going to do at the next level. So why not try to try to at least make it a little bit more realistic? Well, I wonder what kind of pushback you'd get from the players uh, and, and agents. I'm telling you, the it's changing every year. And it'll be curious to see how it continues to evolve over these next couple of years. If you pay really close attention every year, it feels like these guys are doing less and less. Mm-hmm. And I understand it. They're starting to realize, you know, it, it's not just about, you know, the, they're not buying the it's a privilege. It's also a privilege for the teams, right, to have a chance to, to essentially hire these kids on, you know, four-year cost-control deals and get some really good rookies, right, on, on their team. So it goes both ways. And now here's one thing I, I don't know if everyone's aware of now. The Big 12 is hosting a pro day this year. Mm-hmm. That's, I believe, the first of its kind. The conference? Where you are, correct. Oh, wow. You are getting a conference pro day hmm. this year. I know a couple guys that are going down there. You watch how that's going to change the landscape of the pre-draft process a couple of years from now. Because if the Big 12 doing it, you think it's stopping there? Right. Where are they, where are they holding that? I believe it's down in Texas, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly. My guess, probably Dallas. Could be in Frisco. They just had the Shrine Bowl out there. So a couple of great options. Huh. Oh, yeah. No, I I was unaware of that. And if that's the case, then, yeah, I'm sure. So so the Big 12 will not do individual days at the schools? It's just going to be a a conference thing? I I believe they will. You'll still have your individuals, but they're going to make it more like a combine-like event. I just got off the phone 10 minutes ago with a a kid from Texas Tech that's headed down there for it. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Well, we'll keep close tabs on that. I'm sure the SEC and Big Ten won't be far behind. Right. Uh, with that, especially, you know. And how does that, right? That's the question. How does that impact the combine mm. if that happens? You get the SEC doing it, 
all of a sudden in Auburn, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Georgia, you name it, Tennessee, like, how does that change? Do those kids still go to the combine if they do the SEC mm. pro Right? That's wow. the question you start getting into. Right. So if you're going to have your school is still going to do an individual day, and now your conference is going to do a big to do of it. Are you you're you're bringing up an interesting dilemma that a lot of these they may just be talking to their agent and their you know friends and family what? whatever and say, look, I'm not doing all the above. Something's got to go away. And, and if you're going something's going to go away, let's be honest, right? What, what are you familiar with? One, your school and your conference yeah. or Indianapolis? It's the one that's not as controlled of an environment. Exactly. There you for go. You. It's that's the right. one where the testing numbers aren't typically as good as they are at your pro day, right? Yeah. Or a conference, or what we'll see what the conference controlled events are like, but you certainly have to assume uh, that this Big 12 one is going to be more uh, favorable, right? Of an environment to you, a more natural environment to you than, uh, than the combine. Very that's interesting. Why the league, they, don't, mm-hmm. they don't even know if they're having it in Indianapolis every year. Right? Like, they keep finding these short-term one-year deals to keep it there. There hasn't been a five, ten-year commitment. Hmm. Right? No, you're right. L.A., Texas, you name it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Arizona. Half of them are training in Arizona, right? Pre-draft process. Exos, you name it. All the great training facilities are a lot of them down in Arizona or Florida. Do you think they they may take the draft model and just start moving the combine around? Is that what you're suggesting? I could. Yeah. I'm surprised they I mean, haven't look, I think done. Indianapolis is a, is a great spot for it. Mm-hmm. A great spot. Everything is so centralized, right? It's easy to get around once you're there. Like, I, I wouldn't be shocked, right? Like, if it stays there a few more years, but I think eventually that's why you keep seeing these one year deals. One year mm-hmm. deals. There's, I think it was in the news the other day. They just had a one year deal for next year, I believe. So the league's been temp- temp- tempted, very tempted to move it around for a, for a while now. And uh, I think eventually it, that's what it'll come to. Interesting. Okay. The Especially Titan- as the production gets bigger, right? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, no, I, I, I look, we all know the the draft being moved uh, around is, has been a gigantic success for the league. I mean, right. why, why wouldn't they start thinking about the combine? Same thing. It's not mm-hmm. going to, it's only going to make it bigger. More money. Right. More money. Right. More, More money. money. No doubt. Um, the Titans, I know we're still a ways away, but it'll be honest before we know it. The Titans have a lot of needs, Justin, as you know. That's seventh pick. And I know you're starting all these. And look, this is this answer is subject to change. We're going to check in with you from time to time from here into the draft. So it is subject to change. You're not locked into this answer. But today, when I ask you, if you were Rand Carthon, how would you, what position would you address first with that high first round pick? I haven't wavered the entire time, and I appreciate you giving me an out. And maybe I'll waver after free agency, and I'm looking forward to checking back in with you guys. But my mind's been this, it's essentially been on the same thought for a while now, and it's offensive tackle, right? I mean, number one, you look at the struggles they've had at left tackle over the last two years. It's almost unprecedented, right? Like, we, we, we said it can't get worse than Dennis Bailey, right, from two years ago. And by God, it did. Right, it got a little worse this year. From a you paid more. perspective, you paid more, more, and it got worse. You paid more, and you gave up more pressures and sacks. By the way, mm. as well, mm. so it wasn't just you. You paid a lot more. By the way, Daly was making peanuts, right, compared to what Andre Dillard made this past year. So, it's been such a sore spot for them over these ta- these past two seasons. You've got a high pick. Look at some of the best young tackles in the NFL. Okay, Jedrick Wills, uh, Kristen Wirfs. 
Penny Sewell, Rashawn Slater, heck, even Andrew Thomas with the New York Giants to become a very good left tackle. What do they all have in common? They were all high draft picks. Most of them were top 10 picks. A couple of those guys, I think, were 12th or 13th overall in, in, in uh, Tristan Wirfs and Jedrick Wills' situation. But they're all high, high, top half of the first-round draft picks. Okay? The argument in Tennessee, I know, and it's going to stay the same the whole time, we'll see how free agency impacts it, but it's tackle versus wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Brian's got a little bit more complicated, I'll admit, with the hiring of Brian Callahan. He really values strong wide receiver play. They've got nothing proven behind DeAndre Hopkins. He was allegedly involved in the decision. Now, I'm sure he wasn't the final decision maker, but involved in the decision to take uh, Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell. Now, I think that situation was also a bit unique, though. I don't think Titans fans are fully uh, embracing how unique that was. Not only was Jamar Chase, in my opinion, generational, and I hate using that term, but I use it with him because I was that high on him as a prospect, but number two, you also had the built-in chemistry between him and Joe Burrow, right? You're not going to have that with Will Levis with any of these receivers that are in this class uh, that, you might, that you could consider at the top, right? It's still an investment in your quarterback. You look around the league. I've done the research. You are far likelier to get an all-pro tackle in the first round than you are anywhere else. Okay, that's true of most positions, especially true at tackle. And also, uh, to the second point of that, you're also far likelier to get an all-pro receiver in the second round than you are to get an all-pro tackle in the second round. I mean, just look at the A.J. Brown draft from a couple of years ago mm-hmm. when the Titans did finally land the receiver in the second round. Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf, also second-round picks that year. Right? This is an extremely deep receiver class. I think the Titans will be able to address that position later on. We'll see how free agency impacts it. They're going to chase a couple offensive linemen here in a couple weeks. Legal tampering uh, period will be open before we know it. Uh, but certainly, I think uh, tackle Joe Alt, Olu Fashanu, uh, no-brainers there at number seven. I was going to ask you, who's your favorite of the offensive tackle groups, of the offensive tackles there at the top? It looks like they may have their choice. It, there's, I've seen certain uh, types of, uh, of mock drafts out there that would have the Titans taking the first uh, offensive tackle off the board. If that is the case, who's your favorite offensive tackle of the big three that I can continue to see? Well, all of a sudden, that's looking increasingly possible, especially when you throw a fourth quarterback into the top ten mix, right? It looks mm-hmm. like everyone's in armored with Michigan's J.J. McCarthy, and we know the other three, you know, Jaden Daniels, is going to go early as well. Uh, it's interesting. They're, they're different prospects in interesting ways. I think Olu Fashanu, and this is rare for tackle prospects at this point, he's an outstanding pass blocker, okay? Outstanding. I mean, easy, light on his feet, um, better pass protector than he is run blocker. Mm. And that's what's a little rare at this point, especially, you know, an offense like Penn State. Tend to be a bit run heavier over the years, but mm-hmm. he's really good in pass. He's just an athletic freak. He's a natural. And there's still some technical things he's working through, I think, as a run blocker, you know, placement, timing of the punch, things of that nature, moving guys. Um, Joe Alt is the better run, def- uh, better run blocker, excuse me. And I think Joe Alt's very good in pass protection. Don't get me wrong. He's very good but he's a better run blocker um, than Olu Fashanu, and he's a better run blocker than he is pass protector. So they're kind of opposites. Okay, again, they do have some similarities. I think they're both good athletes. I think Fashanu's a rare athlete. But Joe Walt is far more technically advanced, far more a finished product, or closer to being a finished product than Olu Fashanu is. When I think of his qualities and I think of how advanced he is, and I think of Bill Callahan coaching this offensive line now, and I think of what you caught at left guard and Peter Skaronsky, even though he was switching positions, a guy that I thought was very, very clean 
from a technical aspect coming into last year's draft. Mm-hmm. I see Joe Alt as the better overall fit when I think of all those things. I know they're going to change the offense. They're going to be pass happier as they should be. But I think of having a reliable left side, a dominant left side that can help you in the run game uh, specifically. Remember the old run left hat Mike Vrabel used to wear? Yeah. I think if you draft Joe Alt, even with Brian Callahan as your head coach, there's a chance it could make a comeback. So let, let me let me get your opinion on this. Fashanu is listed, and this is from CBS Sports, you know, draft, just their lineup here. Fashanu is listed as 6'6", 317. Joe Alt is listed as 6'7", 322. J.C. Latham from Alabama, 6'6", 360. 360, okay? So so I, I'm not blind. I see it here. What is what is the difference here? And I know the difference is forty pounds and forty forty five pounds here. But but for JC Latham to be at three sixty, is he overweight, undervalued? Like are we just not seeing the the big picture? I mean, forty five pounds is is nothing to sneeze at. No, it's not. And I imagine at the combine he'll drop some of that. He'll probably clock in three forty five. Hmm. You know, to run a little faster. Um, then when he'd run at 360, I'll say the biggest difference, and it's a, it's a bit of an easy one. He's a right tackle, right? I think those two guys we're talking uh, about are left tackles. I got you. And I just thought, look, Titans got need at both positions. Yeah. Okay, who's to say they can't sign a left tackle in for agency? Jonah Williams, a lot of familiarity with Brian Callahan. Last five, they spent their whole careers together in Cincinnati. Actually, mm-hmm. I think that was the first year Callahan was the OC. Was uh, was Williams' first year as a tackle. Okay, he's a free agent. Cincinnati's not bringing him back. Can't afford to bring him back. Okay, I think he's a better right tackle than he is left, but he's played both. Who's to say you can't draft Joan, uh, Sorry, sign Jonah Williams and then draft the right tackle? It is one of many potential outcomes and scenarios, right? That we can play around with. I'll say this about JC: he's got the. And this is not going to shock you once you, when you've seen the weight. I've I watched a lot of tape. He's got the best grip strength of any tackle in this class. He is an absolute mauler road grading right tackle. I think times are going to cover their ears when I say this, but he is what Isaiah Wilson was supposed to be. Mercy. Okay, when they drafted Isaiah Wilson, look, if it wasn't for all the off-field stuff, yeah. he was a 360-pound right tackle, right? an easy mover on his feet. If he had it between the ears, he could have been a very good right tackle. Right, and that's what I think J.C. Latham is. He's more of a finished product than Wilson was. I wasn't a big fan of Wilson, and I didn't even know about the off-field stuff. Uh, but J.C. is a uh, plug-and-play right tackle, in my opinion. It's almost as valuable as left tackles are nowadays. Yeah. Not a whole lot of difference. Defenses are smarter than they used to be. The left tackle's still the blind side, but guess what? You got a weakness at right tackle. You know where T.J. Watt is lining up. You know where Miles Garrett's lining up. Mm. They no longer only line up over left tackles, right? The way they used to 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. So you around. need to have a good right tackle too. And J.C.'s one hell of a right tackle, and I think it's within the realm of possibility. But I would think with the struggles that they've had at left tackle, that's probably probably. I think you sign Jonah Williams, a guy like that, you play him on the right, and then you draft a guy like Alter Fashanu and play him on the left. Is there any way you would draft? Brock Bowers at number seven. Not for this team, no. I don't think I would. I mean, you look and look. Every situation is different, but I think the conversation with a tight end is is a fair one from a premium position, positional versatility. Oh, sorry, positional value conversation. I think that's a fair conversation to have. I hate to do it to them, but I get it. I mean, you look at the, the how we feel about Kyle Pitts in Atlanta now. Falcons probably would want to do over right at number four overall. 
I love Brock Bowers, game changer, elite athlete, nothing bad to say about the player or the skill set. Um, but I also look at, you know, you look at the offense Callahan ran in Cincinnati, and he's adaptable, so part of this may be they had three really good receivers and they never had a dominant tight end, but it was never a focal point of the offense, right? They never made it a, a big deal to go get one, and they've had different starters, I think, three years in a row at tight end, and the Bengals have. Some of that salary cap that they had this year, I think it was Irv Smith, they whiffed big time. It was Hayden Hurst the year before, had a, a good year. I think the year before that was C.J. Uzama, who, who ended up cashing in in free agency. But I look at the way they've used tight ends in Cincinnati. Uh, I, I don't think there's a big role for it here. And I think an underrated part of this conversation, and Rand Carthon was the GM last year, so we can talk about it. Um, do you, like, two top 11 picks, okay, in back-to-back years. You really want to come out of that with a guard and a tight end? Perhaps two of the most non-premium positions you put on a football field, in all honesty. Like, this team needs young talent at premium positions. They've got almost none of it right now, right, at premium position. They don't have one at receiver. They don't have one at corner. They don't really have a young one, per se, at edge. Uh, you know, running back, you can say Tajay Spears, but, again, we'd argue the premium position thing. It's Will Levis, essentially, and, and no one else, right, that's really shown much. So they need to start getting premium players at premium positions, and certainly at seven, that, that should be an offensive tackle or a wide receiver. All right, last question for me. If you wait until round two for the wide receiver, which, you know, is is easy to think, I see the round two wide receivers are scheduled to be players like Brian Thomas from LSU, uh, Keon Coleman from, from Florida State, Xavier Worthy from Texas. Who is your, who's the round two guy if you're going wide receiver for the Titans if you're waiting until, what is it, 38? If you're waiting until 38 for the Titans. Well, there's a couple of them, and I think that's precisely why they should wait until 38. I think they're going to, in fact, call me crazy. I think they're going to have a chance to move down from that pick. They don't have a lot of picks after that one. They no. don't have their third rounder as no. a result of the Will Levis trade up last year. I think they can move down from that pick. You don't got to move down far, 45, 46, you know, seven, eight picks, get, and get a third rounder that you don't currently have and still get a plug and play receiver. That's how deep it is. Some of those guys you mentioned would all do respect. Uh, I, you, I know you're pulling from CBS. I mean, sure. They're not going to make it into the second round. Brian Thomas Jr. might not get out of the top 20, top 25. I mean, talk about a guy that, I, wait till we see this kid throughout this process, led the nation in touchdowns last year, more than 1,000 yards, 6'2", 6'3", big-bodied vertical playmaker. He's going early. So are and you Keon saying Coleman, five, six, I'm sorry, I hate to interrupt you, Justin. Are you saying five, no. six guys could be going then in wide receiver in the first round then in this draft? Yeah, I, 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 wow. think, I mean, you got you probably got three in the top ten, right? So like, after that, it's not going to be none of them. I think you're going to get one or two others, certainly, or at least two. And um, but there's still there's that many of them that at 38, uh, you know, I don't think Keon Coleman gets there from floor. I'm not sold that he's a first round pick, but I think he probably goes in the, either the back end of the first or the first few picks of the second. One guy that's like you didn't mention there that if I had my pick of the litter, my realistic pick of the litter would be Texas's Adonai Mitchell. Okay, this is a guy that is exactly what they need. He's a big boundary playmaker. Six, and he's, four, he's got vertical ability as well. Yeah, 6'4", um, vertical, yeah. yeah, vertical ability as well. Put up huge numbers this year, breakout year for the Longhorns, and he wasn't a focal point of the offense either, right? He's sharing the ball with Xavier Worthy, with Jatavion Sanders, with Jonathan Brooks. Like They spread it around because they had so many weapons at every position. There's a Jordan Whittington was a senior receiver that they you know had I think four or five hundred receiving yards. A.D. Mitchell would be my choice if he's there, 
But there are going to be other. Troy Franklin from Oregon is a great one. Xavier Leggett from South Carolina is one that I think, uh, you know, had a little bit of first round buzz, but he's not going there. Certainly doesn't look like he's getting, he's getting in there. So, uh, Xavier Worthy, you, who you did mention, that's a guy, um, you know, that would, would typically scare me a little in most draft years because there's been, there's been a couple of drop issues. He's not the biggest guy, smaller guy. But then I think about Perry. He's probably the fastest receiver in this class, pure natural speed. Uh, probably the biggest vertical playmaking threat in this class, okay? When I think of pairing that with Will Levis's affinity for the deep ball, and I think of pairing that as a complement to what DeAndre Hopkins does for you underneath, I know Hopkins won a couple times for them vertically, but he does most of his damage underneath, especially with his advancing age now at this point. He's better within that, you know, 8 to 15 yard range. Well, Xavier Worthy can take the top off 25, 30 yards down the field, easy, right, or more. So, uh, I think there's going to be a ton of receivers available to the Titans at 38 overall, or even if, through a trade-down scenario that can help them right away. Fascinating stuff, Justin. Uh, I wish we had more time, but you know what? We'll do it again. This was this was really good. Great Pre- stuff, sir. Yeah, appreciate the visit. Making me rethink the whole thing. We Thank can't, you. We can't get enough of this talk. <laughs> so thanks for doing this, and uh, we'll talk soon. Pleasure's all mine. You know where to find me, guys. We can do some free agency stuff as well if you need. I'm, I'm, more, I'm no one-trick pony. We'll talk free agency when the time comes. We're on the radio. We have our hands raised. Yes, we're in. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Justin Mello, at Justin M underscore NFL on X or Twitter, whatever the heck you call it, the Draft Network. Really, really good stuff there. We're wide open the rest of the hour if you want to get involved. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600 is the phone line. And the text line, more of the McFarland Show, next here on WNSR. Looking for something to take your mind off this traffic? How about a true story of instant success? Did you hear about the two friends who went grocery shopping in Ashland City and picked up everything on their list plus $75,000? Or the one where a truck driver made a last-minute stop off Interstate 40 and drove off with a cool million? All their lives changed in an instant, and yours could too. So stop by your local retailer for your chance with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing, life-changing fun. Please play responsibly. A friend of mine just bought a new house for the first time. A new house. I mean, my wife and I loved to own a house. So I asked him how he did it. And he smiled and he said he went to the knowledge tree. (laughs) He had this happy look on his face. So I told him to tell me more. And he said, John, the lack of knowledge will keep you poor. Then he handed me a brochure. It was from Knowledge Tree Mortgage. Now I understood. And after one phone call, I understood even more. Knowledge Tree Mortgage specializes in first-time homebuyers. Folks like me who get the runaround from banks. And he got us pre-qualified. Knowledge Tree Mortgage got us our mortgage. And tomorrow, my wife and I are going to become first-time homebuyers. Here's the number. 859-9599. 859-9599. Money doesn't grow on trees. Knowledge does. Knowledge Tree Mortgage. 859-9599. 859-9599. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. 
When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-462-3333. That's 800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Maybe it's a overreaction on Monday, but I'm going to, moving forward for me, pump the brakes a little bit on Kyle Shanahan. He's got to do it to be included as he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. No, right now, I would say Andy Reid is one of the best coaches in the NFL, and he's one of the best coaches of all time. The McFarland Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio forecast. Your exclusive Nashville Sports Radio WNSR Sky Scan Forecast. Today we'll have mostly cloudy skies. Showers become likely, maybe a thunderstorm, high 68 degrees. Cloud showers and a thunderstorm tonight, clearing toward daybreak, low 44. Sunny Friday, high 60. Utilizing the resources of the Little Bug Network on National Sports Radio, I'm WNSR's meteorologist, Jim Rinaldi. Sports Radio, WNSR. You're listening to The McFarland Show live on WNSR Nashville Sports Radio. I know there were a lot of AT&T outages all over the country. Mm-hmm. This morning. That's correct. But I think everything has been fixed. That's the word. We're good on our end. If you want to give us a call, 615-844-5600. Don't forget, you can watch the show every day. Also on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And on our YouTube page, you can interact with us. Just type in WNSR Live, one word in the search, and it'll take you straight to our page. And um, you can do like what Eric in Columbia has been doing. Uh, he, By the way, his vote is Marvin Harrison Jr. He says he's a generational talent. He um, is. He is. And not going to be there. But I'm going to agree with Justin. I, I just think we have seen receivers go. You you don't have to get that star receiver high. And I know we can state those examples, but we can also state for every one of those examples, guys that are really, really good that were taken second round and further down. Amon yeah, St. Brown yeah, yeah. for Detroit was taken in what, the fourth round? Yeah, fourth round. Fourth round. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, there's those stories all over the league. There are. There are. The 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 arguably best receiver in the history of this franchise was a fifth round. Obviously fourth he's fourth round. Fourth round. Fourth round Derek guy. Derek Mason was fourth round. You know, from from a you know a school not known for throwing the ball a whole lot at that. Um, you know, and came in here and lit this place on fire for, for several years and is a borderline Hall of Famer and was drafted in the fourth round. So we talked about, uh, the, the kid for the Rams, the rookie of the year. He's a fifth round pick. Puka Naku. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he was absolutely fantastic, uh, this past year with 14, I think it was 1400 yards receiving or whatever it was. He was absolutely wonderful. And yeah, you don't, so you don't have to go, that high, especially in this draft, and with as big of a need, this team cannot go another year trying to figure out what they're doing to tackle. They they've got to get it solved. I, I agree. They got to get it you, solved. You got to lock down the next Brad Hopkins, the next mm-hmm. Michael Roos, yeah, the next Taylor Lewan. 
You just you got to find him. And they needed more. Honestly, they needed probably two or three more years out of Lawan. But his body they kept did. breaking down. And they did. He made his money, and so yep. he just said, "The heck with it." And but the, you know, you need those types that they need. One of those guys where you're just going to plug and play for a decade. Yeah, and he's going to be your stopgap. He is going to be your protector on the left side. And it sounds like between the kid from Penn State and the kid from Notre Dame, one of those guys, one of those guys, uh, you would think is the plug-and-play guy, your Joe Thomas, your, mm-hmm. your guy that you're going to plug in, who I know Joe. But the guy you're going to draft, start him, and just let it ride and for tonsil. the next 10 years. Or Tunsil. Or Tunsil. Yeah, the guy you're going to draft, mm-hmm. sit him there, and let him be him for the next 10 years. You're going to give him the rookie deal, then you're going to give him a second-year deal, or you know, that's gonna, then you're going to give him a, probably a third-year deal and, and hope that he lasts as long as you need him to. That's what you hope. The guy that was in Philadelphia forever at left tackle? Like that, I mean, he you get it, uh, definitely got more than a decade out of the, him. The Peters, yes, uh, yes, 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 yeah. J- Jason Peters, is that right? Jason Peters. I'm drawing a blank. I, I can no, see I the Peters. Right. I, think I think it is Jason. J- Peters. I think it's Jason Peters. As a matter of fact, he played forever. Teams were still trying to sign him. I know to play he's, spot he's duty. Pushing 40? 41. Yeah, and you know, I know the Bears and the Cowboys. I think were trying to sign him just for spot duty. Debo Samuel was a second round pick out of. Do you remember where he went to school? No. South Carolina, and by the way, this is the reason I'm bringing it up. Yeah, how many res- good receivers have come out of? Do we ever call South Carolina wide receiver no. U? No, we, we don't. should. We don't. Well, oh. we don't call them wide receiver U because we don't call them quarterback U. That, that's the so they're low profile. That's part of the issue with them. I mean, they've had some good receivers. Yes, they have. No, come they've out of been, there. They've been a very productive program, but it's you know th- because they're. Their second banana over there in the SEC, what used to be the SEC East, you know, they don't get a lot of shine. Instead, it goes to Georgia and Florida and, and teams like that. They're the, the legacy players or programs. Yeah, I, I do I, I do agree, though. I, I think to get that premium, if you are truly, and you should. And he's there. You have a second. You're going. He's going into a second year quarterback, Will Levis. Mm-hmm. You need the future at that left side. And look, if Skaronsky can get better at left guard, right, and keep progressing, if you can lock down that left side for a long time with Skaronsky and the, the left tackle of the future, mm-hmm. what a luxury that would be. That have. would be. That would be. Now you can really start building the team because yes. your foundation is more solid. That's right. That's right. All right, we'll take our final break, come back, and wrap up the first hour of the McFarland Show next. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. Your brain is an amazing thing, but as you get older, it naturally begins to change, causing a lack of sharpness or even trouble with recall. Thankfully, the breakthrough in Prevagen helps your brain and actually improves memory. The secret is an ingredient originally discovered in jellyfish. Based on a clinical study of subgroups of individuals who are cognitively normal or mildly impaired, Prevagen has been shown to improve memory. 
A Pharmacy Times National Survey of Pharmacists rated Prevagen the number one pharmacist-recommended memory support brand for the fifth year in a row. You can find it in the vitamin aisle in stores everywhere without a prescription. Help your memory. Try Prevagen today. Prevagen. Healthier brain, better life. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Gas, groceries, utilities, you name it. The price of everything is going up. And if you're stuck in a bad timeshare with rising maintenance fees, the financial burden can be crushing. It is time to get your finances in order and get the real facts about that timeshare that you are stuck in and your options to get rid of it. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, has been helping families out of horrible timeshares for over 10 years and has put together a complete timeshare exit information kit that he will send you absolutely free. To date, over 30,000 families have trusted Wesley Financial Group to help them out of financial hardship by getting them out of bad timeshares. Get the facts about how the timeshare industry works and your options for cancellation. Simply call Wesley now for your free timeshare exit kit and see how you can become timeshare free. Call 800-462-3333. That's 800-462-3333. Once again, 800-462-3333. Buyandtow.com. Get cash for junk cars. Do you have a vehicle that's become a problem? You can get cash in your hand today and your vehicle hauled away. They'll buy your vehicle no matter the condition, in your driveway, at your mechanic shop, or even on the side of the road. You can call them at 615-480-6473 or visit buyandtow.com. Get cash in your hand today and your vehicle hauled away. 615-480-6473, buyandtow.com. That's buyandtow.com. Are you ready for some March Madness? Then don't miss out on any of the action at the High Valley Conference Basketball Championship presented by United Fidelity as the return of the Ford Center downtown Evansville for March 6th through the 9th as the first entries into the men's and women's NCAA basketball tournaments are crowned. All session tickets and single game tickets are now on sale to each OVC school's ticket office, Ticketmaster, and the Ford Center box office. Visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville for more details and be there to OVC it in person. Honest opinions, genuine conversations. The McFarland Show. Programming note tonight, seven fifteen tip. I'm guessing cover. I'm guessing coverage starts at seven o'clock. Yeah, be my guess. That's my uh, guess as well. TSU hosting Eastern Illinois right here on WNSR. So TSU at home tonight against Eastern Illinois. Fun stuff. Interesting year for the Tigers. We're starting to get close, starting to get towards the tournament here. Teams got to start getting themselves together. Uh, if not, the season's going to be over real fast. <laughs> this tournament gets here. Yeah, we talked to Steve Lehman yesterday. Remember, he was in Iowa. Belmont uh, fell to Drake last Oh, they night. fell to Drake. I didn't mm-hmm. see that. Okay. Yeah. They fell to Drake. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lost by double digits. Oh. Mm. Okay. Yeah, some work to do there with, with that. Well, Missouri Valley's tough. It's a tough league. It's a different world than where you come from. Was that the singer Drake? No. No, no it, it was not the no. singer Drake. No. No, different Drake. He's got a new album out. I just wanted that's who they play. No, yeah. this Drake is in Des Moines, Iowa. 
That's the singer Drake is not in Des Moines. He's not in Des Moines, Iowa. If you want to, but yeah, why don't you buzz yourself? The singer Drake is not in Des Moines. I knew you missed it yesterday. We did. We did not have the buzzer yesterday. I can't say that I missed it. <laughs> I think we're all right. No, it know, was fun. Want, it was fun on Tuesday. There's time and place for it. Time and place for it. Uh, we're going to come back. A familiar voice in this town. Mm-hmm. Flash <laughs> You do it better than I now, can. Hold on a second, guys. Listen here, McFarlane's. We're going to talk to him about Vanderbilt basketball and the state of the program right now. Jerry Stackhouse is starting to get asked the question and now starting to address it in post-game press conferences, yeah. which that's never a good sign. We'll come mm. back. We'll kick things off with Plasmo. For the second hour of the McFarland Show, that's next here on WNSR. I'm Michelle Franzen. In Alabama, a third in vitro fertilization provider is pausing IVF treatments due to legal concerns in the wake of the state's highest court ruling that frozen embryos are children. The judge in the civil fraud trial against Donald Trump's family businesses has rejected a request to delay payment of the fine. Having already ruled that Trump committed fraud and having ordered him to pay $355 million plus interest, Judge Arthur Angoran now flatly rejects Trump's request for a delay of that judgment. In an email he sent late this morning, Angoran told Trump's lawyers they have failed to explain, much less justify, any basis for a stay. It would mean Trump has just 30 days to pay the fine in cash or to post a bond for the full amount plus interest in order to appeal the ruling. ABC Stephen Portnoy. The FBI is now investigating today's nationwide cell service outage for thousands of AT&T customers. It's working to restore service. Officials don't know what caused the outage. This is ABC News. Give the star in your life the brightest gift in the world. Name a star after them. This is Rocky Moselle with International Star Registry. For $59 and a call to 800-282-3333 or visit StarRegistry.com, you can name a star for birthdays, weddings, or even memorials. Over 45 years, we have named millions of stars for celebrities and individuals from around the world. The star you name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Visit StarRegistry.com or call 800-282-3333. Offer not valid in all states or where prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details. Honey, the credit card bill came, and we're maxed out. Maxed out cards. Rent is due. We just need some extra cash to help us get by. Maybe we should go to 27cash.com. With our bad credit? 27cash.com is one of the largest personal loan networks. They can help people with any type of credit get up to $5,000, and cash can hit our bank account as soon as tomorrow. When you need extra cash, go to 27cash.com. That's 27cash.com. 27cash.com. WNS. Nashville Sports Radio. Bar Lines at the Omni Nashville Hotel downtown is at the heart of Music City. Located within walking distance of the Country Music Hall of Fame, Bar Lines at the Omni is your downtown honky-tonk destination. Watch your team for many seat on their plentiful HD TVs and catch a live show on the Bar Lines stage featuring live music seven days a week. Bar Lines has the ultimate southern comfort food. Get started with classic fried green tomatoes or bourbon barbecue wings. Then it's on to the massive Smashville 
Double Stack or the world-famous Bar Lines Grinder. Oh, you've never heard of the Bar Lines Grinder? Two kinds of cheese, lettuce, Dijon, smoked turkey, smoked bacon, smoked ham. Now that's some smoke you want. Local brews and local spirits are on tap at Bar Lines. Take a seat on the patio outside and soak up the rhythm of Music City. Bar Lines at the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown. You can't handle the truth. It's about to go off. Live from the WNSR Strike and Spare Studios. Just a bit outside. Now back to the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Alrighty then. Now, the McFarland Show with Darren and Justin. As promised, back here on the McFarland Show, 615-844-5600. Is the phone line and the text line. Darren and Justin here with you. We are live in the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio. Oh, Plasmo, the director. George Plaster on the line with us. We told you we were going to catch up with him, and indeed we are the host of the George Plaster Show. I think we had the same marketing group that got in the same room and came up with the George Plaster Show. Yeah. And the McFarland show with yes. two guys with the last name. I think he had a shorter. McFarlane. I think he had a shorter meeting than we had. <laughs> but yes, it's around the same thought. George, what's going on, Darren? It feels low budget to me. It's low budget and fast and quick. Hopefully, it's efficient. Yes, it's efficient. very efficient for those groups like to come it. up with the show names. Um, efficient is probably not how you would describe Vanderbilt basketball these days for somebody who has been on the call of their games, who's somebody who went to that school, who's somebody who has followed that program very, very closely for decade upon decade upon decade. Speaking of, the last decade has not been too kind to Vanderbilt basketball. Just out of curiosity, George, how how do you feel right now? This is going to be seven years in a row this team has not made the NCAA tournament, and quite honestly, most of those seven years, they haven't even been close. Darren, I'm going to answer it um, less as a journalist and more as a person who's been very close with it, who has a bunch of friends that, you know, built the program. I'm pissed. Uh, There's no excuse for what's going on. Um, When I walk in that gym on game night, it, it breaks my heart to see it, and I wish it bothered Jerry Stackhouse, but I don't see any evidence of that. Well, this is another topic that we have discussed over the years. You know it's a dicey one. It's a tough one, and you kind of have to massage it, and unless you truly know you are getting it from inside the walls, and you really know it's a hard one, I understand, but... Vince Ferrara came on Monday's show, and you know Vince. Vince is a very positive, upbeat guy. He's going to err on the side of caution. He's a glasses-half-full type of guy, but he's a very knowledgeable guy as well. And I flat-out asked him about the team that he sat courtside and watched on Saturday night against the Vols and said, what are your impressions? He said it looked 
and felt like a team that couldn't wait for the game to get over. If I said that or you said that, people probably wouldn't bat an eye. But when Vince said it, I got to be honest, I perked up. And then they played a home game last night against Georgia, and again, the same feeling came up of, do they just want this season to be over? How do you feel when you sit and you watch this Vanderbilt team up close and personal? Well, as a broadcaster, I went through this one time um, in the 80s. And, um, you know, there's no doubt that there's a lot of talk about spring break. When you get to this point in the season and you're 2-10 and ten in the conference, it's no fun. Um, you know, I think it's a real mental battle um, each game to try to have a positive attitude. I feel sorry for those kids, um, young adults, because it's not really their fault. Um, what has been recruited, you know, a year ago when it looked like he was starting to turn it on an uptick, I started getting uh, the, the bells went off in my head when all virtually the entire team left. And I'm like, what's going on here? And what they've replaced it with is a lot of Lehigh's and William and Mary's and a lot of mid-major stuff that doesn't stack up to Southeastern Conference. And it's finally caught up with him, and we have a complete dumpster fire. It's a ride on the Hindenburg. I know you have Chris Lee on your show. We just had Chris Lee on yesterday, and Chris has said this to us in the past. And so I'm positive he said it on your show as well. And you know how this works, George. We, we've talked to enough people on Beats over the years that, you know, they get information. That they just don't create this in their mind. They didn't wake up and say, you know what? I think I'm going to start this narrative. Now, I don't ever press Chris on where, you know, where is this coming from? But he brings up, he, he is constantly brought up with us, the golfing with Jerry Stackhouse on road games. And I'm sure that's been brought up on your show as well. I guess, it, and Chris has kind of suggested, and Chris has done a good job. You know he does a good job of covering uh, Vanderbilt athletics. He's been doing it a long time. Kind of massaging, you know, basically, or, or I guess questioning kind of the work ethic or what it takes, especially in today's game, uh, to keep the ship afloat and keep the ship where it needs to be year in and year out. Um, that seems to be kind of in question, and it seems like he's getting that from somewhere. What What do you make of that part of it when Chris has brought that up on these shows? You're talking about the golf clubs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that he's taken golf clubs on road trips, and I'm appalled by that. I brought it up on our show about a month ago that uh, these are business trips. I, I realize this is an NBA model, but I got news for everybody, this isn't an NBA deal. This is college basketball. These are 18 to 22-year-olds. And when they see a coach take golf clubs on a road trip, what the hell do you think they think? Yeah. I mean, you know, it just it, it, that's a bad optic. Um, you know, Darren, the one positive that is sort of coming out of this, for a long time... Vandy has just been a very apathetic deal. Fan base deteriorating, 
as low as I've ever seen it. Nobody seems to care. But I'm telling you, people are pissed off with what's going on with this basketball because unlike football, where they are a lot more lenient, they know it's a numbers game, and they know deep down it's really going to be hard to be very good. In this basketball thing, they're a lot more, this school should get to an NCAA tournament every couple, three years. And, you know, they're pissed at the condition of this, and I don't blame them. I'm with them. Justin, I'm going to put you on the spot. We didn't talk about this beforehand, but you okay. brought this your theory up, and oh, I was going to spit it to him. I know, and I want I want to hear because I am curious on how he's going to answer. George, Justin has a theory on you know with all the construction. I'm going to let him set up the question. And when we've had these discussions and we get calls on it, and I'm not saying I disagree. I'm just curious how you're going to answer it. So, Justin, this is where I, I'm going to let you kind of frame what you've been saying on the show. Okay, and by the way, it, it's it. I think it, I think it turned Darren the wrong way the first couple of times I brought it up because I, I not because he thought it was silly, just because he he would hate to think that this would be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but George, you you know, like I do, that that place is uh, is under construction right now. They've torn up a lot of the roads. Uh, they're They've got the scoreboard at the football stadium, you know, up on a, you know, up on a, on a tow truck or whatever they've got over there. And, you know, th- pardon our dust. They're under construction. It feels like to me, feels like to me that they are asking people in, in a very subtle way to stay away from us right now until we finish up all the construction. And once the construction is finished, then we will reopen the gates to campus and allow people to come on in and participate in our athletic department again. But right now, the way that it is, we don't want a lot of people over here. It's okay if the attendance is down. It's fine because we've got dust and things are not looking the best that it could. What do you think about the possibility of them just trying to maybe buy some time, keep people away until the construction is finished? That's total hogwash. Okay. Why? Well... I mean, honestly, do you think whoever whoever is involved, an athletic director, a coach, or whatever, do you really think that's what they want? Do I think they want low attendance? No, I don't think they want low attendance. But my bigger thing is, George, they've stopped the marketing. I know, and you do too, sir, that we used to have good-to-be-gold billboards all over town, both digital, on television, on radio, on uh, the billboards along the interstate, along West End, 322 Gold is tattooed into my brain. I've been here since 1991, sir, and I know you've been here much longer, but I understand there's been a lot of, you know, marketing put towards Vanderbilt Athletics over the years. Vandy Boys, they've had all kinds of of campaigns. Uh, The Anchor Down, Memorial Magic, come be a part of it. I have not seen any of that. As of late, not to say they're not doing one. I'm just saying that it's nowhere near as aggressive as it used to be. And it seemed to coincide when they started this whole campaign of putting the place under construction. That's why I'm saying that. Well, they really had no choice as far as how it all works out with construction. I don't pretend to know all the obstacles they have with it. But marketing or not marketing, you can't market this year's basketball. It's unmarketable. 
it's virtually unwatchable. The reason people aren't going is not because of problems in getting there. It's there's no reason to. They suck. All right. Let me ask you this then, George. Who's who's next then? You've, they've tried a lot of different things over there. You've tried the NBA model here with the NBA coach, a, a, a coach with some name recognition. Everybody knew who Jerry Stackhouse was the minute he stepped on campus. And that hasn't worked out. Do you go the assistant route where you go find – my idea is go find an assistant at another academic school that does well, an assistant at Duke, an assistant somewhere else that has an academic background that does what Vanderbilt wants to do, at least we, we think they want to do. And, and bring them along and make them the head coach. Other people say, no, you need to go find a smaller school guy, somebody who's got head coach experience at a smaller school and is ready to come up to the next level. What would you like to see as far as what's next for Vanderbilt basketball? I don't know that there's, a, that there's necessarily a recipe. Um, you know, it's, it's what's out there right now. For instance, I believe the best person out there that has sort of done it at this level probably Chris Mack. Uh, Mack's available. His daughter plays volleyball at Vandy. She's the first volleyball signee. If they make a change, that seems like an obvious connection to at least talk to. Dusty May at FAU is one they absolutely ought to investigate. Uh, Did an unbelievable job getting him there. FAU probably doesn't have a lot of money. I'm sure Vandy can trump whatever he's getting paid there. Uh, the guy at Samford, Bucky McMillan, is a very interesting name. Uh, Martin Newton, CM's son, is the athletic director. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to think. I put a list together on our show a couple of weeks ago. Tommy Amaker is an easy name to, to throw in there from Harvard. Uh, the mm-hmm. guy at Indiana State done a really good job there. That's one certainly worth looking at. The part that we don't really know is, what is the perception of Vandy out in that market? Who knows? Hmm. Um, You know, until you get a series of people who tell you, it's hard to know. I don't think it's as good a perception as it used to be, which is why Chris Mack seems like an obvious fit. Needs a job. Now wants to get back in. Took Xavier to nine NCAA tournaments in twelve years. Um, you know, whatever whatever model they go to, their dad gum well better be some really good recruiting skill because that's what this is going to take. George, you mentioned the fact that you walked in the gym and it broke your heart with what you saw as far as the attendance and I'm sure the energy and all of that and the thing that we have come to know as Memorial Magic. And back when the place was packed and there was literally electricity in the air just driving past the place. I remember that vividly. Now, you know, it's uh, it's nowhere near what it used to be. The question for me is, sir, can it ever be that again or has Nashville as a market moved on? From the point where Vanderbilt is no longer the only game in town, you do have an NHL team here. You do have MLS soccer in town. You do have other things to do than going to West End. Can it go back to the Memorial Magic days where the place was packed on a night-in, night-out basis? Is that audience still here that craves that kind of SEC basketball? 
It's a really good question. You know, at the end of last season, it was surprising when they took off, uh, when Stackhouse looked like he was turning the corner. They had two games near the end that really were close to sellouts. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, this is what I grew up in. And um, it's been so long since I'd seen it that I'd forgotten what it looked like. It's a really good question. But, you know, you may have to market it as sort of a, hey, for those of you who can't afford Preds or Titans or whatever, we're going to price it in a way that you can afford, and the product we put out there is going to be good enough. You're going to want to be there. Winning is still the best promotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, last thing. I know you got to get to a show. and um, Yeah. Let's end with this. Uh, someone that you have known a long time, dear friend. Uh, I saw the news after our show yesterday, and I was floored. Eli Gold is not going to... There is not going to be Nick Saban on the sidelines next year, Mm. and there's not going to be Eli Gold in the booth calling Alabama football. That comes off to me really strange and really weird, and that's going to be really strange and even more weird when we get close to football season. Can you believe that 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 is the case? Darren, I'm totally disgusted. I've known for about a month that this was coming, and – I'm not going to get into any of the particulars on it other than to say this is dead wrong and Alabama needs to look in the mirror and say, is this how we want to handle somebody who has been our best goodwill ambassador? You know, not maybe not to Saban's level or, or whatever, but, I mean, the announcer is the conduit to the fans. And Eli has been an incredible conduit incredibly popular um i'm surprised that the story going into yesterday's announcement was as underreported as it was as a broadcaster i'm really uh disgusted i don't think we've heard the last of this i again i think it will grow one i think probably a lot of people are still recovering from the shock right that wow because i don't think I don't think there's a lot of people, um, I don't know the percentages that would be as privy as you of giving the heads up a month ago that this this could be a reality. I think there's a good portion of their fan base and people who aren't Alabama fans that just know exactly what you said, Eli Gold's work, that are probably still looking around today going, did I really read that? Did I make that up? Did I dream that? Is that really true? I don't think it's a story that's going to be underreported in, you know, when it's all said and done, but still, I, I can't believe it. And we're still less than 24 hours removed from that news. George, uh, good stuff as always. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Have a great show, and uh, we'll talk soon. Hey, enjoyed talking to both of you. Hey, Justin. Yes, sir. Let you and I work on that theory some. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime because you want, just sir. Because Hey, because just because I say it's hogwash doesn't mean it is. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime you want, George. Thank you, sir. Hey, talk to you guys. Enjoyed it. All right. That is George Plaster, host of the George Plaster Show. Been doing a long time in this market. We're wide open the rest of the hour if you want to get involved. A lot to digest there. And if you want to discuss it, you can do that. 615-844-5600 is the phone line. 
and the text line. More of the McFarland Show here on WNSR. Hi, I'm Jeff Fisher. You know, you've probably heard by now that the Nashville Cats are coming back to Music City. Well, you are correct. They're coming back and they're coming in hot starting April 27th with the first of five home games at the historic Municipal Auditorium. There will be an additional game at FM Bank Arena in mid-May up in Clarksville, and that will be honoring our military. Single-game tickets as well as season tickets are on sale now. For more information, come visit thenashvillecats.com. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using Upside, the free app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes. I get real cash back just for buying the gas I was going to buy anyway. But is it a hassle to use? No, it's super fast and easy. And I can cash out whenever I want. That's a total no-brainer. I'm downloading the free Upside app App now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code LIFT for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's promo code LIFT. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code LIFT for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code LIFT. It seems like everywhere you look right now, someone is sick. This year, prepare your family for airborne invaders like bacteria, pollen, and yes, germs with Navage Nasal Care. Navage flushes ultra-pure, refreshing saline in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out of the other nostril. Navage sucks out viruses, dust, and other airborne particles, all the stuff that gets trapped in your nose making you miserable. Don't get caught empty-handed this winter. Get Navage, the drug-free solution that helps you breathe easier, sleep better, and feel healthier. Even better, Navage is HSA, FSA eligible. So Navage is a great way to spend those funds before they expire. Don't wait a minute longer. Buy Navage today and you'll breathe easier knowing you're putting your funds to good use. Navage is available online at navage.com or Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, and Rite Aid. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. With 13 locations nationally, including Smyrna, Star Leasing Company is a semi-trailer one-stop shop and the perfect place to build a career as a semi-trailer mechanic. Seeking candidates with all levels of experience, Star Leasing Company has a semi-trailer technician trainee program with sign-on and quarterly bonuses and other opportunities such as $1,000 for having a yearly physical. The package also includes 401k with company match, health, dental, and vision insurance, competitive pay with weekly paychecks and paid holidays and time off. Star Leasing Company, not your typical semi-trailer leasing company. It's StarLeasing.com to learn more. Hey, it's John Burton from News Channel 5. And it's Patton Cook from Nashville Sports Radio. We are excited for our new show, JB and the General, every Monday through Friday right here on WNSR Nashville Sports Radio. Talking all things Titans, Nashville SC, Preds, anything you want, we can talk. And we don't mind going off the beaten path once in a while as well. Again, that's every Monday through Friday, 9 to 11, right here on WNSR. Text the Strike and Spare studio now at 615-844-5600. You're listening to The McFarland Show with Darren McFarland and Fox 17's Justin McFarland. Rolling along on this Thursday afternoon, 615-844-5600 is the phone line and the text line. 
Darren and Justin live here on the Strikers Bear Family Fun Center studio. DJ Damon is alongside for the ride, and we've got loaded lines. So let's just get to it. Eric is up first. Eric, what's up? Hey, guys. First of all, I just want to say it's always nice to hear George on the airwaves. Uh, guys. Now, hold on a second, Eric. Now, hold on. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I really feel bad for George and what he's going through with Vanderbilt. I, guys, I've got no dog in this hunt because I'm not a Vanderbilt fan, guys. But I've got friends who have kind of walked away from the pro- program because of the fact that the way they've been treated over the years by uh, Vanderbilt, whether it's the athletic director or the chancellor or just whoever, you know, whether they were casual fans, Tennessee fans or whatever, because the longest time they could do that and get away with it because they were the only game in town. Well, of course, that's not the case anymore. But And I hate to say this, guys, I'm not saying it's definitely the case, but it seems like to me a lot of times that they just don't care and they're willing to be in the SEC and collect all that money they get from being in the SEC or to have the name of the same, we're in the SEC, but not really willing to do all the steps necessary to do to improve the program. I mean, with the exception of the baseball team and a few other things, it's just, you know, you, you just wonder uh, because it, it, it's just really, really sad. And now with Oklahoma, Texas, Coming in, you've got the NIL and the transfer portal. Is it really going to get better? And I agree with George. This is a team that should be in the NCAA tournament every so often, every few years. And the fact that they haven't been in so long, it's just, it, 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 it's a joke. And the way, he, you know, he's talking about having the golf clubs on the, uh, uh, when he goes on the road or whatever it was, which that's a bad look. And also the fact that, you know, he says he has his portal. It's like, he doesn't do interviews. I think he did one interview, I think, with WNSR, uh, and I haven't seen him do any other things. Maybe he did one of the local networks. I don't know. And the fact is, is, is he out in the community or doing anything? You don't hear about that. Maybe he does things. I don't know. But that's just – it. you just don't know what to make of it. And, and I really do feel bad for the fans and people that love and support that school. It's just, just you know, it's, it's just like where do you go from here? It's just – it's. I, I think, unfortunately, he has to go. Guys, uh, those are just my thoughts. Guys, y'all take care, and we'll talk to you again soon. Eric, we hate to do this, but we got to run. 615-844-5600. Um, you, you hear me talk about this all the time on the show. That's Darren, by the way, yeah. in case you were wondering. Um, I've heard his voice a lot over the years. I know you have. Good, sir. I know you have. It, it's it's sad because look, why do people feel this way? Because it's true. I mean, it, I mean, that's just the, mm. they're a bad business. Okay, they're bad. The, they're bad at running sports departments. They're a very smart school. Um, as as in business for making money. Huh. Oh, they're very good at that. I mean, their endowment is gigantic. Yeah, ten billion a year or so. Give or but take. But look, I. I've never seen a school that everybody knows is smart and is surrounded by smart people that times they just have no common sense. They don't get it. And I know this because I'm just telling you, I deal, I have dealt with people over there. I certainly don't deal with them to the level that I used to, because quite honestly, I just don't care to, because they just don't get it. Tim Corbin, how he's done it over there for over 20 plus years. Because he does get it. He's one of the few people over there that gets it. How he's been able to do it and, I guess, crawl through the muck like Shawshank Redemption for 21 years, Mm. I have no earthly idea. I think he stays above it 
And I think why people are upset. Well, I don't know how you stay above it when you're in it. Well, you can't stay above it. He's at a special place to where he's able to, I think, remove himself from a lot of it. And in that, I think they kind of let him do his own thing. I don't think they, they from all indications. Well, he what created. See, yeah. He created it on his own because well, it doesn't he mean, couldn't get any help. Yeah, but it doesn't mean they couldn't go over there and start telling him what to do with it just because he created it. That don't mean anything. They've, oh. let, they've let him alone. They've left him alone in the large part to let him run his program the way he wants to uh, without a whole lot of interference or extra anything that I've seen. Because you're right, his program has remained his program. Nothing has really changed over there. But they there. don't run interference, Justin. Hands off is not running interference. Well, like turning your back and not acknowledging anything and not helping is not running interference. That's still incompetency well, when, okay. you're a, when you're a business. Are they capitalizing on it as much as they could? No. The answer yeah. to that is no. No, they're not. Should Tim Corbin be more of a household name here in this city than it is? And that's saying something. Don't you think he is, though? He is a household name. Should he be a bigger household name? I think he should be. I agree. I, I think he should be on a level that rivals some of the other names I could throw out. And I don't want to steer the conversation a whole other way. Yeah, but, but when you've done that much winning, to your point, yes. you should be a household name. Yes. To to anyone who's even a casual yeah. sports fan not you know you don't even have to be a college baseball fan. You just need to know. I'll ask Tim Corbin. He represents X. But real quick before we get back to the phones, just wanted to say why people are mad. People are mad, Darren, because this is one of before the Predators, before the Titans, before anything else. Vanderbilt Sports has a very special place in this community in that it was all we had for a long time, and it was. The thing that belonged to the city, especially Vanderbilt basketball. It was the shining example for anything athletic that this community could latch on to. So anyone over a certain age, especially, who's been here, who understands where we are and what we are, Vanderbilt basketball is special. And so now that it's tarnished, or at least it's nowhere close to where it used to be, it's painful yeah, the shine's to off. watch. Yeah. It's painful to watch. Yep. Yeah. And you heard it in that interview mm-hmm. with George. That's why I mean, George is upset. He That's deeply why I'm upset. He deeply cares. And there's a lot of people that listen to this radio station or the show that deeply care. And it's it takes everything for them to keep caring. It just does because it feels like you're constantly getting pushed away when you care about something. Uh, let's go to Doug. Doug is up next. What's hey, up, Doug? Hey, what's going on, man? I'm I'm glad to be the first caller of the McFarlane and George show. Awesome, just listening to you guys talk. <laughs> Thank you, sir. We're My thing with the Vanderbilt thing is Corbin is a standalone entity. He can do his own thing. Yep. He's on the wall. And nationally, he's respected. But I've been to Vanderbilt basketball games as a kid. But you know what I saw the whole time I was going as a kid? An older fan base. Now I'm all grown up. They've aged out. When you pan the audience, do you see a student, student section cheering them on? Nope. Even in my ball days, the football team would go support the basketball team just because we needed to. They don't even support them on their own selves. So he lost the thing that makes them great that's called fan base, youth, and staying relevant. You guys see any young people hanging around in that gym during ball games when they pan the crowd? I will tell you this, Doug. The the most I've ever seen in this, I've been in here 25 years in this market. The most stuff, like the car flags, mm-hmm. you know, shirts, hats, Talk about it. black and gold, 
the most I ever saw, and this is my opinion, was the three years James Franklin was here. That that was the most was that I that was the first yeah. time I was like, man, like the the Vandy fans were out in force, and I think it was great. You know, they they jumped on right. They were there. They came out and they were loud and they were proud, and they were doing winning and seeing things they had never seen before. Back to back nine win seasons. I do but think what about the age demographic. The I, age yeah, demographic. but it's always. I agree with you. It's all in twenty five years. All the Vanderbilt football, basketball, and baseball games. I've gone to over 25 years, which is a lot. It's always been old, skewing old or older. How about mm-hmm. that? It's always been that way. Mm-hmm. From when I got here at Jump, you know, in 1998 going to games to, you know, whenever the last time I was over. Well, I went to a baseball game last year and there's a couple of baseball games. So it's always skewed old. Always. So do you think that plays a part in no support? I mean, even when you're having a home game, you need your fan support to give you that little boost when you get a steal and make a dunk or, or, or do something special. But when you look out there and there's just crickets, it changes the game, man. Yeah, we all of know course. That. Momentum well, is big. That's why it was magic. I mean, that's why I said, can we stop saying magic? Stop. There's nothing. There's no magic in Memorial right now. Like, stop it. The three of us have lived it. We've experienced it. We know what magic it was in Memorial when it was packed mm-hmm. and it was loud and it was hot in there. And a hot ticket hot. too. And it was a hot ticket. It was a hot ticket. Hard to get. And guess tickets. what? My last that, that, that atmosphere did change complexions of games, Doug, as you know. Let me ask you this last question. I'll hang up. Count how many coaches they've had and when it started dwindling. I'll hang up and listen. How many well, coaches they've had and when it started dwindling? Dwindling, as far as the attendance is concerned. And by the way, I think there were there were moments on on Derek Mason's watch that it yeah, was it was excitable. Very. There were moments. Yeah. I know it didn't end well, but there were well, definitely moments, especially early on. And what? Would he beat Tennessee? What three times? Three times, I think. Uh, three out of four At least years two. or something. Yeah, but but the whole thing was it was a continuation on what James Franklin had built, and, and you know, so when they went to bowl games here, and and yeah, that, that's true, it was almost impossible to think, and, and you know, anybody who wants to tell me that, that Derek Mason was a failure at Vanderbilt, man, when you look at the things that 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 were accomplished on the scale for them, mm-hmm. he was one of the most successful coaches they ever had. It was probably to the, be known the longest wave. Yeah, of success, which wasn't terribly long, but it was the longest wave of success, enthusiasm, excitement since I've been here. Is that fair to say? I think that's totally the three fair years to say. of Franklin and and the first three years of Mason. When you say like yeah. that six year window, yeah, and then some things happen, and then it turned another way, and then you know the the program was tarnished. Our first and then, three or you four know, years, yeah, you say? yeah. No, I would agree. And I there was agree. look, and there were times. <laughs> Well, but some people wanted Kevin Sullins run out on a rail. Uh, there was times on Kevin Sullins' watch, uh, the enthusiasm was because they were winning. Well, they were the good. Expectations were high, and that's that's what got Kevin Stallings in trouble. Is that the expectations were high, and people thought that they should be better than what Kevin Stallings was getting them to. And what people I don't guess realized is, oh, we're actually, and I think starting to realize now. 
wow, we were pretty good back then. Yeah. Maybe we should have been a little nicer to Kevin Stallings back when we were going to the NCAA tournament on a regular basis, back when we were ranked in the top 25 on a regular basis, back when we were relevant. Maybe it, radio personalities shouldn't have said that, you know, they could do better than Kevin Stallings in basketball. You know. Every day on the radio. Maybe. Because how's that looked since Kevin's been gone? It hasn't looked mm-hmm. well, but it was popular and fun to say at the time because, you know, this is how people felt. So not everybody, but well, sure. Group think. And I understand. Look, <laughs> the, all good things must come to it. Like, I'm not saying, and I know Kevin didn't help himself, but it, can he get back there? You can, but obviously they haven't had the right hires since then. I, I, but I'm just saying, you know, I think a lot of people took the Kevin Stallings tenure uh, for granted. There was a whole lot mm-hmm. of good, mm-hmm. a whole lot of good. And they, they, you know, they, they did a lot of winning. They did on his watch. They did. All right, let's go to Nate in Columbia. Nate, what's up? Hey, Nate. What's up, guys? Um, when I heard that uh, Stackhouse took his golf clubs on the road, that's when I was. That's when I parked up because mm-hmm. I figured he. When we were talking about that he was playing golf, I figured it was just you know one afternoon on you know a weekend or something at the Vandy Club. Or oh, whatever. have I seen him at Brent Peterson's? Deal at Vanderbilt Legends? Yes, but that's in their off season. There's no, you know, there's no big deal, no problem with that. I know they're getting close to their season, but nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna bat an, and it's for a great cause, right? Like nobody's gonna bat an yeah. eye at that. I've seen Stack there several years, which there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's a good thing. It's a nice thing. Exactly. The problem is, I don't know that Vandy actually truly cares about sports. I think they might be putting up a front by building these facilities because they're going to have to go further than the facility, just the facilities to tell me that they care by a lot, basically allowing, because from what I have taken from y'all's conversation today is that no one from Vandy told stack to not take his uh, golf clubs on the road. Well, that's a bad look for the whole organization. Well, ho- ho- Nate, here's the, here's the truth of the situation, Nate. And this is what you get sometimes when you hire a guy like Jerry Stackhouse. Here's a, here's a here's some breaking news for everyone. Jerry Stackhouse doesn't have a boss. Jerry, there's no one at Vanderbilt that can tell Jerry Stackhouse not to take golf clubs on the road. Nobody, nobody. You know why? Because Jerry Stackhouse doesn't need this job. He doesn't. He doesn't. You're confusing him with the career coaches that have been out there who coaching is their profession and they need to keep a good relationship with athletic directors and reputation in order to get the next job. Jerry Stackhouse doesn't need a next job. Yeah, he can literally do nothing when he when this is over. He can literally do nothing when you hire just fine. When you hire a Jerry Stackhouse, when you hire a Deion Sanders, when you hire you're hiring a partner. You're not hiring a coach who works for you. No, they don't. <laughs> they work for themselves. And you're hoping you can achieve some kind of success together. But these folks are independently wealthy. So they don't, you know, yeah. so you're going to tell me I'm not going to take my, or, or what? Or what? Yeah, what are you going to do? You're going to find me? Is right, that how what much you're you do? owe me still? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can't. The, the attitude is completely different. And I just want to shift people's frame of mind when it comes to that. Yeah, I understand that. Um, I'm just saying, I mean, it just, you think any other program, well, 
okay. like Duke or North Carolina or um, what's another team? It, it, it's a bad prepared? look. We can all agree. It's it's not yeah. a great look. It's not. Especially when you're not winning, right? I mean, look, we all know when you win, nobody cares, right? When you're winning at a high level, no matter what sport it is, nobody cares. Like, you can do anything. But when you're not winning, people start picking things apart. That's what happens. I mean, it's just not Vanderbilt basketball. It's anything. You're not winning. You're not having success. People start questioning everything you do. Like, why are you wearing that today on Tuesday? Well, I've been wearing this every Tuesday since I've been here. If Vander- oh, but if- the difference is this year you've been wearing it. We ain't been doing any winning. That's why I'm questioning why you're wearing it. That's what happens, right? Is that fair? No. That's what people do. If Vanderbilt was 18-2 and two and number two in the country, Nobody would give no one would care if Jerry, if Jerry Sackhouse took his golf clubs on the road. As a matter of fact, it'd be a cool thing to do. People would be retweeting it if you put pictures up on Twitter. Yeah, re- I've heard uh, callers. I've heard callers recently say that he needs to start wearing T-shirts and cargo shorts and flip-flops on the sidelines. He's dressing too nice. Whatever. I mean, that's fine. (laughs) It's whatever. Y'all have a great day. Thank you, Nate. Appreciate it. Thank you, Nate. Bill, we'll get to you on the other side, but we must step aside for a couple minutes. We'll be right back. More of the McFarland Show here on WNSR. In a single moment, everything can change. When a player's sudden cardiac event brought a national football game to a halt, it shone a spotlight on the importance of CPR readiness. Now, with youth sports in full swing, the American Heart Association is rallying parents and coaches to be ready in an emergency. To be ready, learn hands-only CPR. It's a skill anyone can learn in minutes. Visit heart.org slash hands-only CPR and become a lifesaver today. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 95% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to hymns.com slash joy. Through hymns, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands. At up to 95% off. That's right. Get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but for 95% less. It's the same medication, still prescribed by a licensed medical provider, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit, himscom slash J-O-Y. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first one 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you. We promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-649-0142. That's 800-649-0142. 
<clears throat> oh, beautiful gold rush with your sparkling top prize. You surely are a sight for sore eyes. And jackpot slots with your chance of $75,000 winners. Oh, how I'd take you for a candlelight dinner. Uh, sounds like people are really loving the new February Instant Game from the Tennessee Lottery. Play today for your chance to win up to $5 million, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. It's a Bill King show. Brad, when that news hit, how did you respond? What were your thoughts? I'm always thinking betting first, but from a historical aspect, you know, there used to be debate as far as who the greatest. Is it Bear Bryant? Is it Nick Saban? To me, it's Nick Saban, and I'm not a guy that lives in the moment. I just think Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach of all time. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. Welcome back to the Strike and Spare Studios. You're listening to The McFarland Show with Darren McFarland and Fox 17's Justin McFarland. TSU at home tonight, 7-15. Coverage here on WNSR. If you want to check that out tonight, the men's game against Eastern Illinois. Mm-hmm. Darren and Justin here with you live in the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio. Back to the phones we go, and Bill is up next. Bill, what's up? Hi, guys. Hey, Bill. Uh, let me um, change our change focus just a little bit because I've had a, a question that uh, hasn't made any sense in my mind. Okay. I've been listening to the, the talking heads that are out there talking the NFL, and all these talking heads are saying that the Chicago Bears, who had the number one overall pick, Mm-hmm. are going to draft Caleb Williams, and they're going to shift Justin Fields either to Atlanta or Pittsburgh as, as an outlier. And they're going to restart, basically start all over again with a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. My, what I don't understand, and, and you guys can, can help me here, did not the folks in Chicago tell their head coach, that you either fire some coaches on your staff or we fire you. I don't think um, he was given that sure. ultimatum I'm on that. Sure. I know a lot of people are questioning if he's going to be back. He's back. That is true. I, that I don't is, that know part is true. That part is true. Okay. Then, okay, so you have uh, Coach Eberflus, which makes <laughs> McFarland look real good, by the way. Uh, um and and Justin Fields, who has a ton of talent, as we've seen, why not stick with him and draft Marvin Harrison Jr. to work with him as your number one receiver in Chicago instead of moving on from Justin Fields and basically starting back the square one? That is what I don't necessarily under, understand the thought process. Bill, here's what. Let me help you out with this, Bill. This is why. Justin Fields is one year away from having to either re-sign him for really big money, like the quarterback, like, you know, the $200 million kind of money, or mm-hmm. or, or not. And so what the, the thought is, how much do we believe in Justin Fields? Do we believe Justin Fields is going to be our guy 
for the future, for like the real future? Like, are we willing to sign him to a long-term contract? We're willing to pay him $160 million, $170 million over the next four years. If we don't believe in him that much, if we think he's just okay, then we might as well reset the rookie clock by drafting Caleb uh, Caleb Williams and moving Justin Fields on because it's not going to cost us this much. That's why the decision around this seems to be so heavy right now. It's not about Justin Fields per se. It's about where they are in his contract and the decision that they have to make, which is going to determine what else they can do with the rest of their roster because, as you know, Bill, the salary cap is real. So if they sign Mm -hmm. Justin Fields for a lot of money, that's going to be a lot less money that they're able to use to rebuild the rest of the team. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, So basically follow the money. Follow the money. It's a big component of it. It's not the whole thing, but it's a big component. in other words, they don't believe that you know he's worthy of of the next contract. They're, yeah, they're they're of the thinking of, contract. I don't think we want to stick with this. Not for as much money okay. as they're going to have because next year's year four for him. Yeah, right. And and quite honestly, look, you know, we don't follow the Bears like we do, you know, the Titans and the AFC South. But outside of his legs, which are amazing, he's an incredible really runner. Really good. What what do you see that you know? That's that's blown you away. His, his passing is, game is not is, developed in a way not. that they would want. And no. you know, like I do, Bill, and everybody else under the sound of my voice knows, if you've been watching this game long enough, the legs can't carry you. The legs can only do so much early on in your career, and eventually you got to develop a jump shot. You know, uh, eventually you can't dunk on people. You know, Mike, watch Michael. Michael Jordan, the greatest of all time. LeBron James, one of the greatest of all time. They can't play Powerball anymore. They've got to get that jump shot. The same thing with quarterbacks. You can't run around. Lamar Jackson, one of the best runners we've ever seen. He has and, and started to, but he's got to de- continue to develop his arm talent within the pocket, which had a lot of people questioning whether or not he could even be an NFL quarterback to begin with. Justin Fields has got to do the same. And they haven't seen as much from that from him in that department as they have from Caleb Williams. That's where they're thinking. Now I'm not convinced they're still I'm still not convinced I don't know what the, I don't, that, that they're either. gonna that they're gonna draft Caleb me Williams. I, I'm not I'm not sure either. I think some of this could be a smoke screen or it could be invite for more Compensation Although, for a Bill, draft pick. I, I don't Justin know. Justin Fields is not helping the situation by no, scrubbing his uh, social media accounts of all Chicago Bears stuff. That doesn't right. help. But it's it's one of the most intriguing decisions yeah. of this NFL you know draft period. It really is. Yeah, I mean, DJ Moore is a number one receiver, he is. and he didn't look like sure a number one receiver this year. At times, well, uh, he, he flashed. Yeah, he flashed. He but, flashed. But he's yeah. not a flash guy. He no, can do it every week. He can. He's a number one. Well. All right, then, just like you said, we don't follow the Bears unless, of course, you think Justin, your dad, I think you've said, is, is a big Huge Bears, Bears fan. fan, yes, sir. Okay. So, all right, let's say, for let's say they do decide to move on and take Caleb Williams. Do they also use that number nine pick to get a receiver, or do they trade that number nine pick for more picks? Because they have two picks. Yeah, they do. They do. We'll uh, we'll talk about it. Good question. Thanks for the call as always. Okay. Thank you, Bill. Okay, buddy. Bye-bye. All right. We will uh, take our final break, come back, 
answer the question and wrap up Thursday's show. We'll do that next year on WNSR. Do you ever feel like gambling is causing financial strain or hurting your relationships? The Gambling Clinic has been helping people who want to change their gambling habits for over two decades. With physical clinics and remote online appointments, we're here to help you make informed decisions about your gambling so it doesn't lead to a bigger problem. Visit us at thegamblingclinic.com so we can work together to help you win your life back. This project is funded by the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. We all make resolutions this time of year, and let's face it, most of them won't stick. But here's one that's not only easy to keep, but will help you feel healthier all year long. Navage. Navage provides quick, drug-free nasal relief by washing saline in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out of the other nostril. This time of year, when everyone is sick, Navage helps by sucking out germs, bacteria, and viruses trapped in our noses that cause us to feel miserable. And come allergy season, it does the same with dust, pollen, and other allergens. And unlike medications that can take time to help, if they're effective at all, Navage helps treat congestion symptoms in seconds flat, without drugs. This New Year's resolve to use drug-free Navage to help you breathe easier, sleep better, and feel healthier all year long. Ask for Navage at Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Target, or find us online at Navage.com. Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose. Healthy life. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I like putting parlay bets together, hammering the overs, and anytime player touchdown bets always have me on the edge of my seat. So if you're ready to do the same, visit FanDuel.com slash win and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel.com slash win. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and President Kentucky. First online real money wager only $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Patrick Mahomes, he's in the GOAT conversation with this win. I'm calling him Michael Jordan, essentially, because he's taking other people's rings. There's no shame in losing to Patrick Mahomes. He's that good. If you just got bested by Patrick Mahomes, you just got bested by Patrick Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes, GOAT-level kind of guy. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNF. Give us a call. 615-844-5600. The McFarland Show with Darren and Justin. Brett's tonight out in L.A. 
take on the Kings. 9.30 puck drop. See if they can keep this road trip rolling. Mm. It's going to be a tough one again, just like Tuesday night in Vegas was. Look, if they can get past this, even if they fall tonight, the next two games to finish out this road trip Saturday and Sunday night, Anaheim and San Jose, or San San Jose, Anaheim, no particular order, uh, Southern California, Northern California. Yeah. Those are winnable games. Like they, they have a real shot to, for this to be a very productive road trip, but it shouldn't change their mindset. I'm interested in to see opinion. if they can keep the scoring up. That's that's what I'm yeah. interested to see. Ten goals they, in two games. If they lose tonight, six to four, that's a win to me. Yeah, I see what you're saying. In, in a way, yeah. You know, fair enough. Yeah, you know, but if they lose six one, uh, back to scratch now. Yeah, like, I don't know what happened. That's fair. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I. I I tend to think that it'll be more lower scoring, lower scoring tonight with LA with the style of hockey. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we'll see. All right. Um, as before, we get out of here. Bill's Bill's question. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't. I don't know. And they don't know it's either. In, Bill, it's intriguing. <laughs> it really is. It is. I'm, I'm inclined to trade and get more picks because the more picks you have, the more opportunities you have to find the next great player or players. I think Atlanta makes a ton of sense. It really does. For Justin Fields? Inside. It's his hometown. They can sell tickets. Yeah. They can get people enthusiastic. New head coach and a defensive head head coach. coach. Defensive head coach. You don't have to develop a quarterback from scratch. This one's already semi-developed. It makes sense, but what is Atlanta willing to give up? I I don't know. I don't know. And how big is the asking price for the Bears? Good show today. Good participation. Appreciate it as always. We'll come back tomorrow and wrap up the week. Bill Keen will get things started at 6 a.m. John Burton and Patton Cook, 9 to 11. And then we'll finish things out starting at 2 o'clock. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you then.